Hello and welcome to another episode of You Haven't Seen That, the podcast series where we look at films that my co-host missed seeing in his childhood. Uh, my name is Chris. My name is Eric, and I am the aforementioned co-host who missed out on heaps of stuff mm. when he was a kid. Yeah, <laughs> In yeah. terms of movies, at least. Yes. So uh, each week we pull a different film out of the hat, and uh, this week we've pulled out Steven Spielberg's 1991 film, Hook. The stories are true. He's come back to seek his revenge. Only you can save your children. You must make yourself remember. Remember what? Peter, don't you know who you are? Have to fly. Have to fight. Have to crow. Have to save Maggie. Have to save Jack. Okay, he's back. Who? And this, I'm quite excited for this one. For multiple reasons. This is kind of a big one, especially for people of our age group, kind of born in the mid-80s, to have missed Hook. like that, Because that was seemingly like a massive hit film mm-hmm. for our generation, you know, people yeah. of our age. Yeah, I still can picture the posters very clearly and, and a little bit on, uh, like, trailer sort of stuff. Um, it's just one of those ones, I, I don't know, I guess once again, being the oldest, I didn't... I just never went along. Yeah. Um... um and admittedly, at the time, I thought it looked rubbish. <laughs> I, I hated the poster. Right. And the biggest thing, I think, for me was um, Robin Williams playing Peter Pan. Okay. Was what put me off. I'm like, he just looks like a... Like, he's, he's, he's sort of... I can see how he suits, but he just looks like a creep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, yeah, he's, an, interesting he's an adult playing a traditional child role. Yeah, And yeah. I, I understand why you'd pick, you know, you probably wouldn't pick Jack Nicholson at that time. Yeah, yeah. Um, Robin Williams is probably the right casting choice, and I haven't seen the film yet. But it's going um, for a distinct style, I guess, yes. like by putting Robin Williams as Peter Pan, like that yes. kind of manic Exactly. It, that, and, it puts forth that idea. And that already so. put me off for, like, yeah, two reasons. Just, like, it just looked wrong, and it didn't interest me. Yeah. For, for the years after that, either. And then just along with, like, the over-the-top, like, hook costumes and things like that, it just looks looked a bit derpy to me, I guess. Fair enough. Um, as a kid. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so then I just put it in the back of my mind and I never watched it and never planned on watching it. Yeah. Despite, like, it having trickled through so much in pop culture and everything of yeah. our generation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, yeah, well, this was one I did... I, I did see in the cinema when I was a kid, um... Because, you know, I'm kind of opposite to you. I've got an older brother, so we, you know, this whenever a new Spielberg film would come out, our parents would rush us off to yes. the movies to see them. And, yeah, so I think I, I probably saw... I definitely saw it at least once, maybe even twice at the cinema kind of thing. And, yeah, I uh, really enjoyed it as a kid. Kind of got swept up in the magic and everything. Um, yep. But it's one kind of a teaser discussion, I yeah, guess. Yeah. I, one that I have reconsidered as an adult to be one of the most overrated films. You don't like it at all anymore. I, it's, um, I don't hate it. I just think it's incredibly overrated, especially yeah. by people of our generation. Yeah. Who, who saw it as a kid and then uh, just have, you know, rose-coloured glasses of it. <laughs> yeah. So, not to try and taint your... <laughs> no, well, I'm... I'm um, like I said, I, I was very much on that mentality of it. I, I thought it looked pretty bad, but the more this, this episode of, has come close and I've spoken to a few other people from within our friends group and outside like speak to another friend the other day it's like oh, I don't know ignore Ron Williams Dustin Hoffman is awesome yeah so now I'm just going to watch Dustin Hoffman um, yep. at the very least Fair. Um, so I, I was going in with a, I'm going to hate this kind of glasses and now I'm like I'm going in very just like open minded as anything 
Mm. Um, I'm, I'm quite excited because if I get still get let down now, it'll be even funnier. <laughs> and then if yeah. I end up loving it, the discussion's going to be great. Yeah. So, um, Nice. So, anything you're kind of expecting story-wise with it, or do you know anything about it? Kind of. No, 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 not at all. Really, like all I really know is yeah, Hoffman and um, and Ron Williams. Um, and I know that I know of Rufio. I only <laughs> found out about Rufio for your Bucks party. Yeah. Tom's yeah. like, I'm making Chris a Rufio costume. I'm like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds cool. What the hell is a Rufio? <laughs> yeah. Because of my dislike of this film, um, the torture for my uh, my bachelor party was I got they everyone dressed me up as Rufio. Um, I will put some photos yeah. up on uh, it was a good Facebook costume. And, well yeah, done, Twitter and things. Um, yeah. I didn't know who that was at all. Yeah. So yeah, no, my knowledge is very limited. Right. Uh, well, on that note, should we jump into the film? Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, so that was Hook. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. How was it on, like, rewatch for for you, for, like, the billionth time? Um, yeah, well, this it was a film that I, um, you know, saw a couple of times, like, at least once in the cinema when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And it was one uh, we had on VHS, so I, I used to watch it a lot as a mm-hmm. kid. Um, so I've seen it probably, I'd say, 20 times or so. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's still, as an adult, I find it tedious. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are moments of greatness in there, I think, yep. and you can see there's definitely moments of like what Spielberg's going for, but I don't mm-hmm. think it. It, it the, what's this like? I'm trying to think of the saying. Uh, it's the sum is it's not equal to the sum of its parts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That. Well, but more importantly, uh, first time viewer, your, yeah. your thoughts. Well, yeah, like I said prior like I always thought it looked pretty stupid and so many of those sort of live action kids movie adaptation films are pretty dopey like they don't do it well I actually thought this did it really well mm, okay <laughs> um like I think they get done badly so often yeah like there's yeah. so few that do it well they go too slapsticky or the character design is too goofy um or the set design just doesn't work um my my it was too long, definitely. Yeah. Um, it was definitely too long, but, um, like, the effort was put into every character, like, in, in a Spielbergy fashion, I guess. Um, and, and, like, everyone just brought their A-game, really, That from yeah. the, the top ones. Um, like, Hoffman and, and Hoskins are just a great duo. Incredible. I've just had an apostrophe. I think you mean an epiphany. Lightning has just struck my brain. Yeah, um... Dustin Hoffman is um, probably m- one of my favourite actors, which is kind of problematic to say nowadays. I know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I, I adore that man's work, I'll say. Yes. I don't necessarily like him as a person anymore. No, but, exactly. um, he, I think he's one of... We'll, we'll probably say was one of America's <laughs> greatest actors. And this performance is... It, it is that over-the-top element you were kind of saying that some other films yeah. do badly, but he does it so In such perfectly. a consistent, good way. Yeah. Like, he keeps dropping the good form, bad form stuff. No, 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 stop it! Bad form! Sit down now, let's resume the game. There's a consistency to him yes. as a character, and I would probably go out on a limb and say this is the definitive Captain Hook before, like... 
I don't know any others, so it's up to you here. I mean, the animated (laughs) film? Like, I'm saying saying this even surpasses the original Disney animated version. Oh, yeah, okay. In terms of... Because, like, he's Captain Hook, but he's not that memorable of a character. No, he just gets angry. He's a generic bad guy. He's me and, like, shoots a dude at some stage. Yeah. Whereas Hoffman creates this really interesting three-dimensional, he, bizarrely funny and tragic it, character. He's, he's almost like the Joker. Yeah, He okay. needs Peter Pan to survive. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of, like, super superhero, supervillain kind of hmm. codependency sort of storyline in this one. And that's what I saw a little bit. It's like, all right, I'll spare the child. I just need Peter Pan back. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there's even that amazing scene where he reali- he comes to that realisation himself and goes to try and get yeah, goes to commit suicide. Like, whoa. Don't try to stop me this time, Smee. Don't try to stop me this time, Smee. Don't you dare try to stop me this time, Smee. Try to stop me. Smee, you better get up off your ass. Get over here, Smee. I'm coming. Stop I'm coming. Me. I'm coming. This is not a joke. I'm committing suicide! <laughs> but then Smee makes it pretty last second. Oh, not this again. Yeah, exactly. So, um, But it's... Yeah, it, it's a film that I think... Um, it it has a really interesting s- story to tell. Yeah, much like, better story than... I, I didn't know what to expect. I, yeah. I just thought maybe they were going to retell the, yeah, that, the original story. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of intrigued. Yeah. Like, what... So you just had absolutely no idea. I, I you just, just assumed it took place in the universe. I was expecting it to probably just be the original story. Okay. Um, I didn't realise it would be a, in the future, um, you know, Peter Pan goes back to visit his once lover that he's forgotten, who's now his grandma. <laughs> <I> <laughs> yeah, found that so there's some weird elements. Yeah, I, I just pushed that aside. It took me a while <laughs> to figure out what the relationship was. Yeah. Because both Peter and Moira were calling her granny. I know. And you just and like... I was like is that just, you know, that's just what they call her? Yeah. And then I'm like, no, they both seem close for different reasons. Yeah. Like, okay, she's blood-related, then he's an orphan and what? And, and then I'm like, oh, my God, he kissed her once. Or at least gave her a thimble. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, <laughs> it was but he forgot about all that because he yeah. left Neverland. Yeah, so it's, it's okay. Um, but that means Wendy has been carrying around some baggage yes. for, like, Yeah, she years. looked pretty, pretty baggagey. Yeah. Um... <laughs> That's not Maggie Smith. No, no, I'm not saying she's a bag lady. Um, no, she, um, she just, you know, she was, she was happy to support the orphans. But yeah, she, you could tell that she wanted to be with Peter Pan, which made me feel awkward. Yeah, especially when Peter Pan marries her, her granddaughter. Yeah. So anyway, um, that, that didn't really bother me that much, but um, these little thoughts running through my head when I was trying to piece, to, piece together all the relationships and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, interesting. They're in love once, mm. but it, it is that thing where it's it, it it interestingly is like a sequel and also a weird kind of meta exploration at the same yes. time. Yeah, because. It's following up a continuation of the Peter Pan storyline yeah, by J. and Barry, yep. but it's also positing it in a world where all of this was real and J. M. Barry... Like, actually and, wrote it about a person he knew, but also... But which is actually true, like, yeah. that, that whole story yes, of right. J. M. Barry Finding and the kids. Yeah. Do you know, Mr. Barry was Sir James. Our neighbour, he loved our stories so much that he wrote them all down in a book. And so that's positing her as that... Wendy girl and it's so it's this weird meta that's going on yeah, that yeah. I think it's a little too convoluted for a kids film 
<laughs> almost. <laughs> but it, it worked. It makes for a really interesting hook and a narrative, like, no pun yeah, intended. Yeah, I, I think that's why, as an adult, I could connect with it, because I got... I was having a good giggle and a mm. laugh yeah. at, like, some line deliveries and just, like, the guy stealing second base who just gets shot. He's stealing second! Yeah. You know, just, just silly bits like that. But yeah. it was still executed quite well. Mm. Like, not in a derpy way. Any slapstick moments were were done quite well. Um, and then I, I really liked, like, all the, the attention to detail with the set design. And some of those films can be pretty bad. Like, Batman and Robin set oh, design, for yeah, example. We were... I was expecting that. I was oh, okay. expecting, like, neon skateboarders. Not quite right. But, you know, that, that level of <laughs> awful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was just expecting just... It's... Oh, you know, that's what I was expecting. And so to see a sort of a pretty well-structured mm. and and really well... The scenes were so... Actually shot quite well. Like, all yeah. the Lost Boys, that first scene where they're skateboarding around him and stuff, kind of really dumb if you did it badly. Yeah. But it was actually done quite well. You know, it moved around quite well. It used the space. It, it's... And um... it introduced you to the Lost Boys all of them and their world mm. really well. It was a beautiful combination of um, Spielberg and his director of photography in this, Dean Cundy, like beautifully moving the camera around because mm. it's... The sets are beautiful and the way that they're constructed, but they are very confined. Yes, and yeah, very, they're not big. They're yeah. very enclosed, and so they use that space to the best of their abilities, yeah. and they and because of that, it... They, it it's shot really well. That's, yeah. And combining that with the beautiful movement that was Robin Williams as a performer, like, he yeah. actually has a wonderful physicality in pretty much every performance he ever uh, did. Uh, yeah, that's it. Like, I was just watching, and like I'd said beforehand, I always just thought it looked stupid, because Robin Williams is Peter Pan. Well, now I get it. It's because he was playing adult Peter Pan. Yeah. Thanks, poster. Take <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> that, Drew Struzan. <laughs> That is uh, a obviously, I should have um, watched the trailer in a bit more detail as a child. Mm. Um, <laughs> but um, it was a great casting choice because he could play the straight man without being too boring. Mm. Um, he could play the the businessman with the sweet Nokia brick phone that he uses like a gun. Yeah, because oh, man, he's a cool '90s businessman. That is just like <laughs> oh, that office. <laughs> I can't believe they're successful. Oh, God. Yeah, they talk about billion-dollar deals. Yeah. And, like, you're playing phone chicken. <laughs> yeah, man. Wall Street is going to smash you in a year. Don't mess with me, man. I'm a lawyer! But I think he played that sort of... And that father too focused on business and stuff. Mm. I think he did that quite well. And then his transition to Peter Pan, like... Even when he was, like, the Lost Boys, when he first arrived and he was running around and sort of avoiding them. And he was, he was just dropping Robin Williams' little... One-liners, and he was mm. dropping them well. He was slapsticking, but not in, like, a Rob Schneider kind of way. He's not mugging for the camera. No. He's, he's playing... He's doing the comedy where it's appropriate for the character in yeah. the scenario, which is a big difference between... Just derping it up the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminded me a little bit... I thought it reminded me a little bit of Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. who tends to these early stuff, at least the ones I've seen. He obviously goes quite a bit further yep. with a lot of those but just just uh, very unique and, and quite appropriate yeah. like, and, and the consistency from start to finish like Ace Ventura for example deviating a little bit here yeah, yeah. is Ace Ventura from start of film to end of film and then you see Jim Carrey in another film and he's, he's not Ace Ventura anymore he's the mask yeah <laughs> like and they're very different characters um, and yeah. you believe it and you believe it yeah. yeah and that, like to be able to do that is quite an Quite a gift, and yeah, mm-hmm. Robin Williams is a great choice for that because 
once he learnt to believe in stuff, he's flying around and flipping and pantsing Rufio like a boss. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's one where I think the casting choice of Robin Williams works, um, not just, like, it's the double, it's the twofold thing of you, A, getting a brilliant performer. Mm. Like, he is a legitimately amazing yeah. actor. Yeah. Um... And you also have the credibility that he as a person brings to that role. Because he... You see Robin Williams and you just innately have a sense of wonder and joy. Yes. Like, that's just... He yep. exudes that as a person based on, like, his comedy, Mork and Mindy. Like, his whole history of who he is yep. just exudes joy. So, it works kind of in that sense of when he's Peter Banning at the beginning, the type you know, stuck-up father. Mm. You're kind of wondering, how is Robin Williams going to be... How is this, he executing this, almost? And you're yeah. fascinated because it's not... It's him playing out of type. So yes. you're hooked from that. And then once he finally explodes and becomes Pan, it's... He is yep. pure Robin Williams. And the good thing is, too, when he does become Pan, he doesn't go over-the-top crazy. And I was expecting more goofiness. Yeah. Um, just based on the costume design and things like that. Like, you look at Hook's twirly moustache and his twirly eyebrows that match his twirly moustache that he greases up with his own earwax. No, with Smee's earwax. Sorry, Smee's earwax. <laughs> yeah. Smee steps up. Um, you just go, eh, goofy, but it just works. Like, they all, I think they just, none of them give up or half-hearted it. They all go, all right, this is my character and this is what we're going for. And, like, that's what I got with Hook and Smee. Like, well, we're Hook and Smee. Yeah. But we might as well just go for it. It's it's that thing of, um, like, Hook, like like you said, the design of the character is so over the top. Yeah. But Hoffman is, de- like, delivering it with such gravitas. Yes, exactly, that yeah. you, it, and under that kind of sadness that kind of comes through underneath, you're like, oh, this is just, he's putting on a show of mm. a person, and that's what all this pomp and circumstance is, yep. and it works. I will argue that there is one scene where Robin Williams hands it up too much, though. Yeah, go for it. Uh, that's the scene with uh, in when he pokes his head into Tinkerbell's house and he's like forgotten everything and he's yes, I <laughs> guess he was he was going. He'd reverted back and forgotten everything. Yeah, and so no, he was really trying to ram home that I've immediately forgotten everything. I'm Peter Pan again. Oh, you're sick. Maybe you need, need a bandage or thermometer. Thermometer, thermometer make it all better. better. That's how Nibs made, made the Wendy, Wendy lady, lady better. Nibs put the thermometer out. But it kind of comes out of nowhere a little bit. But yeah, I, I guess it was trying to juxtapose against him not knowing who he was. Yeah. But then it didn't linger for very long. Yeah, that's it. They just yeah. kind of one and done and move on. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, at th- this point, you know, brought her up, like, Tinkerbell and, I mean, Smee as well. Should we talk about some of the supporting yeah, characters? Um, it was nice <laughs> to see Smee not being dopey. Yeah. Like, I really like that. Like, my only experience with Smee really is, is the hapless animated Disney version. Yeah. Um, but it was good to see him as almost like the guy keeping Hook on the rails. Yeah, it uh, is like, it, it, you get the sense of they are more, he's more than just like a butler or a servant. He's yeah. like Hook's legitimate best friend. Yeah, he's yeah, <laughs> actually a friend. He's yeah. been with him forever and yeah, mm. it's, it, you get this wonderful sense and I found out that apparently uh, during rehearsals um, Dustin Hoffman and Bob Hoskins when they were working on scenes they kind of both had a realisation that these guys might have been lovers at one point <laughs> <laughs> and they approached it as if like oh what if they're like an elderly gay couple they're just uh, like <laughs> yeah they dote over each other and, yeah yep. and they just look after each other and that's yep. what it is yeah yep. and that's yeah, I could how say they that. informed their relationship which is kind of sweet well it, on screen it works well mm. like particularly in a couple, there's the the big, biggest scene when they're isolated in the cabin and they're trying to plot how to 
Smee comes up with his plan to convert Jack to like Captain Hook. Mm. That, that whole sort of scene and revolving around Hook giving up and wanting to kill himself and things like that. Yeah, the whole back and forth and things there works really well. And then Tinkerbell, I think Tinkerbell has done pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Um, she doesn't have a lot to do, which is a bit unfortunate. She, for... she has a lot early yeah. to remind and, and motivate Peter Pan, and then she drops out. And I think that's the only thing I didn't think needed to be in the film was her declaring her love for Peter. Yeah. I think that's a bit random. And I wonder if they're like, well, we better bring Tinkerbell back in again, or if they're just... Each character had connection, and they wanted yeah. to maybe throw in a bit of extra connection there. I guess. I, I, I don't know if complete and utter love it's needed bit... to be there. Peter, I want to give you a kiss. Now I mean a real kiss. I love you, Peter Pan. It's a bit weird, that, that whole scene. That's, that's kind of... I didn't yeah. dislike it, but... And I'm also wondering if it's a yeah. point of like, oh, we need to get Julia Roberts actually on a set with other people and yeah. to like be Julia Roberts, not just a miniature CGI, <laughs> like you know, yeah, all bl- you know, blue screen yeah. again, yeah. So, but yeah, um, yeah no, it, it's it's a film that is grounded by like amazing performances across the board, and even mm. the kids do a wonderful job. I think, yeah, for, they do, yeah, for what it is, um, yeah, they're. In particular, Charlie Cosmo as Jack. I think he he brings a surprising amount of like weight to that performance. Yeah, I thought he was pretty good. Mm. I didn't. He didn't, I wasn't like, wow, that kid is awesome. It's it's not a well written part, but he like there's one or two scenes where he really opens up and like. Or does little weird nuanced things, like when they're yeah. in the uh, the scene where they're in the mu- the museum, quote unquote, and all Hook and Smee are smashing yeah. all the clocks, yeah. and they're just cussed to the side of him, just like, <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that's uh, true, yeah, that was pretty funny. He he's kind of bringing these weird and wonderful little moments, like, and also the plane scene with Robin Williams, yes, where he's throwing his baseball around, yep. I wonder if Spielberg kind of just let him go. I have a feeling I probably... Think a few of them looked a bit natural rather than forced. No, those... That's the one thing Spielberg has always been good at with his career is dealing with kid actors. Yeah, he uses them a lot. Yeah. And very, very well. Yeah. So I think it's that thing of he just casts kids to be like, you know, you guys just be your friends and hang out and forget there's a camera here. You're on summer camp, pretty much. Yep. And we're just going to keep rolling. Hmm. Sign your life away and off we go. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Lost Boys, you're right, they were, were, what was good was they all, once again, just had, they all, I mean, we were commenting on the greaser kid, one combing his hair, yeah. but, like, they all had very distinct appearances, you know, and they were, looked like they were from all around the world, like, mm. you had, like, the one that looked like a British chimney sweep, and then, yeah, the greaser kid looked like he was, his Walmart, uh, his Wall Street dad just, like, left him on the sidewalk while finishing a deal. <laughs> sort of, like, yeah. 1920s Chicago yeah. or something, yeah. Um... And, um, and and a few of them got lines and things like that. Rufio was um, was was quite good as like the replacement Peter that, Pan. That's an interesting one because Rufio is uh, Rufio and I think Bangarang like those two kind of things have seeped into pop culture. Did Skrillex was he inspired by Hook? I would imagine so. Yeah. Like. Like, 
Why? <laughs> Where else did Bangarang come from? Yeah, well, uh, I actually do have that as a trivia thing. Like, Good. What it comes, I want to know later. What it comes from. But, um, <laughs> like, Rufio as a character, it's so it works for you as a kind of... I liked him as a replacement Peter Pan. Yeah. Um, the boys wanted a leader, um, and he sort of... He, he just was, like, the new hero there. Yeah. He probably didn't get any development, but he, he was sort of this replacement Peter Pan. Yeah. Or as good as one. He couldn't fly, so he wasn't as awesome. Um, I still find it a bit weird that he genuinely died. Yeah. And nobody else in the entire film... I mean, Hook probably died... Oh, but, and I'm pretty sure Glenn Close died in... Oh, yeah, Glenn Close got <laughs> sco- eaten scorpions. by scorpions, in definitely. In the box, yeah. yeah. Um, but, so, yeah, I found that... I'm like, oh, it's nice to see he's attached to Rufio, but, like, couldn't a fairy wish have saved him or something? And I don't also, know, I just, it just felt unsatisfying. And no one... Peter Pan was sad for five seconds, and then no one else... There was nothing else. Yeah, there's no funeral, there's nothing happens. Like, well, we need a new leader. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also the the shock of Rufio actually dying, because the, the battle scene itself is so cartoonish. Mm. And it's like they're defeating an army of pirates by, like, throwing marbles on the floor and flinging tomatoes at them. It's, just, and it's like the Ewoks Hypercolored. Scene. Yeah, it's, yeah, it totally is. Yeah. <laughs> An entire army brought down by teddy bears. Yeah, exactly. Um... um and I guess we were laughing during you when, when they crack out the marble yeah. uh, weapon, all the pirates fall over, and it cuts a Dustin Hoffman's like shocked face. <laughs> it's the best like cut to reaction <laughs> gift ever. <gasps> it's just like a sheer bewilderment. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, but yeah, because it is so over the top and cartoony that when Rufio does actually get stabbed and die, it's mm. out of nowhere, and you get very shocked by it. Yeah, I I was sort of. I know you need the hero to win, usually. Yeah. I was sort of, in a way, hoping that Rufio would defeat Hook and become the replacement pan. Yeah, see, that would be an interesting... Hook was looking... He's like, Rufio! Yeah, and knew who he was. He knew who he was, and he wanted to fight him. He wasn't like, yeah, get out of the way, I want to fight Pan. Yeah. like, Rufio, Rufio! And that's the thing, like, that is... Yeah, I'm like, that could be a cool, like, move along. Nah, just stabbed him, he's dead. And then <laughs> we never deal with anything no. else, yeah. Rufio was it's, fighting well. That, that's, I think, my problem I have with the film in terms of the narrative and the way it's structured is it, it's great for a kid's film because mm. it's just, like, something like that happens and we just quickly move move mm. away. But it's it feels just kind of slapdash, like... And See, kind of... for me, yeah, for me, I didn't get that too much at all, mm. actually. There are only really a couple of moments that, yeah, felt like they weren't addressed properly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the Rufio death and Tinkerbell quickly popping up and saying, I love you, and then him saying, sorry, I, I actually already have a wife. Yeah. Um, you know all about her. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, my kid's a kid now. But, but, yeah. yeah, but for me, uh, for, a, for a kid's film, I think it had remarkably a remarkably tight consistent storyline and characters throughout. Mm. I think that's why I enjoyed it more. Like, it was just a lot of fun and wonder without with having a much stronger story and consistency than I was expecting it to. I was expecting it to be Batman and Robin-esque. Yeah. Just, but set in... <laughs> but set in Neverland. Yeah. That, yeah. See, that sounds horrible. <laughs> it does, doesn't so... it? Like, you know those fight scenes in Batman and Robin and they're just awful. It's like these rollers. He, like, slides down a dinosaur's tail while a slide whistle plays. (laughs) Yeah, like, I was expecting those kind of combat scenes. Yeah. But this was, um... Yeah, you you can laugh at the Ewok scenes in Star Wars and go, 
teddy bear saying down Nami. But at the end of the day, like, the actual action is still kind of gripping if you don't overthink yeah. it. This was that level. Mm. Doesn't belong in Star Wars, perhaps. No. But belongs in a kid's film. And, um, and you know, I didn't... I found all the pirate stuff. It was just consistent. You didn't have this, like, epic pirate army. They were all pretty hopeless from the word go, really. Yeah. They were all they were all established as just drunk idiots. Yeah. <laughs> ah, you! you! Not there! All right! Exactly. Like, kids can beat these guys. Yeah. Like, you knew from the start. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, I, I I thought the consistency... I was surprised, um, and I was surprised by the depth of the uh, the emotions, um, even just, like, the orphan speech that mm. he gave early on. Yeah, I, I remember, like, you kind of pointed out, like, this is way darker and deeper than I was yeah, expecting it to be. I can't remember what's... Was that during that scene, or was it, it might have been during another one, I think? It was in and around that kind of area. It was fairly early on. You yeah, just... they were addressing, like, real... Family and love and um and just being there for each other. Mm. I was like, "Whoa!" I just was not expecting this depth, and yeah. perhaps that's too deep for a kids' movie. But for me, I was yeah. I thought like you set up a lot, but it, as a result, you ended up with a movie that was almost two hours and twenty minutes long. Yeah. Um, and I mean, do we dare bring up the continual Spielberg <laughs> theme of absent fathers being? Uh, yes. Pretty pretty clear. Yeah, early on. yeah. <laughs> there were, yeah. It just is. It, it's it's more blatant almost in this. This film is really blatant than like he's ever done before. It's just like, where's dad? Yeah. <laughs> Even on the plane where they, for some reason, the four of them had like eight seats between them. Yeah, and like, he's sitting alone. He's by sitting himself. alone, and then he gets to go and sit next to his son, but there's still a chair between them. Yeah. So, um. Anyway. There was just a lot of deliberateness to, to create space between them. And, um, yeah, it was exactly... It was a lot less subtle than just, oh, yeah, I didn't realise. They never had a father. Yeah. Until, like, halfway through. Like, yeah, in E.T., the, like... Yeah, you don't even... You know, Dad, he's, he's in Mexico with Sally. Or whatever, yeah, like, the exactly. subtlety of that. And, yeah. And close encounters with um, Barry's father, wherever he is. Oh, yeah, this is never, never mentioned. Up, he just yeah. doesn't exist, that's yeah. all. Um, you get a strong female character instead, but... Mm. And yeah. I suppose with Close Encounters, it's, you know, our protagonist is the absent father, and it is him yes. slowly becoming that. Yeah, over. which is interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, in this, exactly, it wasn't wasn't subtle at all. No, no, which, yeah. Doesn't matter that no, much. But no, when you know that... that, that that's just that a recurring theme yeah. in pretty much all of Spielberg's films. Yeah, it's definitely less, less subtle <laughs> in this one than others. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, have you got some... Um, some interesting facts or things in particular um, you wanted to at, talk about? Looking over some of my uh, my notes and things. Are you taking some feverish notes? Yeah, um, I, I just find it, it like I forgot how much of an of a dick Peter Banning actually is at the yeah. beginning. Well, everybody, just shut up! I'm sorry. And leave me alone for one moment more. Get him out of here, will you? I'm on the phone call of my life. He's he's really bad as a father. Like yeah, he's got this. You know, he loves his kids. Yeah, but come on, man, just just open your eyes for a little bit. It's it's just the continual like the first twenty minutes. There's so much. It's just mm. laid on so so thick, especially with Jack. Like everything that could he could possibly do wrong, he does wrong, and then it ends with him just erupting and screaming at his kids. Yeah, without being like in some movies, the dad is clearly 
a jerk. Like, yeah. uh, he, he's just a bad character. Which is, you know, Banning's not a bad character, but yeah. he just can't but see around him. He's pushing that line where you yeah. just kind of like, you're just, come on, you know better than this. Yeah, which I'm wondering if it, that is the case of it being Robin Williams. And you're just like, I know you're a fun, nice guy, yeah. please. Or, or I know you're going to be Peter Pan or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, should we go on to some... some well, I guess we've got to talk about whether I liked it or not. Yeah, that, I mean, that is the be... kind of main point. So I guess, suffice to say, Eric as an adult uh, enjoyed? Yeah, I did, actually. I mean, I it's so long, I wouldn't sit down to watch it again in a hurry. No. But, that, um, that is, I think, it's one of its major faults, is it is two hours, 20 minutes, and yeah. you just... There's, yeah, a lot It's of... just a long film. Yeah. Um, um, if I've got that much time, I'll watch another film. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, no, I did. I really actually enjoyed it. Like, it managed to keep... It was fairly slow at the start, but it didn't lose me. Mm. Um, I, I enjoyed all the, the little set pieces, and, like, I enjoyed, like, when they first emerged in the in the pirate port village. Um, I enjoyed the Lost Boys stuff, um, the, the the meal scene as well, and things like that. I enjoyed the final, like, just silly, fun battle with the pirates and the crazy Lost Boys weaponry. I surprisingly enjoyed... Robin Williams flying around as Peter Pan, mm. um, which I just thought would not work. I'd seen, you know, pictures of him posing, flying, and like, that looks silly. Yeah. But, you know, it just kind of works in character with the film. So, yeah, yeah no. Hands on hips, and yeah. it's, it's very theatrical to an extent. Yes, which yeah. I and kind in, of... in posters, it doesn't look great. No. Um, but, no, it, it works in character with the whole package. So, um, no, I did enjoy it. And then, yeah, as a kid, I think I, I would have enjoyed it a lot as well. Yeah. Um, I, I would... Be happy for my very happy to show my kids this film. Basically, yeah. I think they'd have a good time. Hmm. Um, how, how do you think it's? Um, how does it stack up for you against other kind of Spielberg films? It's difficult because it's a very very different one to any other Spielberg I've yeah. seen, and I don't know how many else he's done like this. Um, for me, I've seen you know ones that are aimed at. I mean, Indiana Jones, younger kid people can enjoy it, but it's not aimed at kids so much. Yeah. Um, and then even ET and stuff—they're not aimed at kids. Kids can enjoy them, but it's also written for adults. Yeah. Um, so I would say the difficult thing for me is that I can't think. Are there, has he ever made another actual kids film? The BFG uh, two years oh, yeah. ago. Yeah, haven't was, seen that yet. Yeah, um, never got there. Yeah, that was the probably only other time he's yeah. ever done a so full blown. Because I wouldn't even put Tintin as a kids' film, really. No, neither would I. I have seen that one, and I wouldn't call that a kids... I mean, kids are gonna, would love it, but it's yeah. not aimed at children. Um, whereas no. this, I I think this is aimed at children, um, and but it's got enough in it that, you know, with those performances and stuff, that adults yeah. can enjoy it enough to... Um, yeah, if this came out at cinemas today as an adult, I wouldn't rush off to see it. No. <laughs> it's not my target. <laughs> Um, yeah, you're not the target audience. No, I'm it. not. Whereas if Indiana Jones came out and it was better written than the fourth one... Well, I... you're in luck, because that's his next movie, is number five. Oh, interesting. Well, I've said it now, haven't I? <laughs> um, but I will go and see that. Yeah. I will go and see that, mm-hmm. um, most likely. Um, unless CGI monkeys. Oh, we can only hope not. <laughs> exactly. But, um, that, you know, that's my target. So I will go and see those films. Yeah. Um... He's got no other kids' films, so I think if you're comparing with Spielberg I, films, it's I, it's not necessarily a great comparison. I think yeah. he executed that really, really well, and the only other director, I'm not an expert, but maybe someone like Robert Zemeckis could nail it. That's, I, watching the film, I couldn't help but think, there's a lot of moments where I was looking at it going, oh, this is, 
This is uh, just after Who Framed Roger Rabbit, mm. which is why I think Bob Hoskins is cast in it. Yes, because I was, Spielberg. I was wondering that, that myself. Yeah, and there's a lot of technological elements that are. It's seeming like Spielberg saw Who Framed Roger Rabbit and was like, "I want to play like that." Yes, and so he, it's things like where Tinkerbell is reacting with the the actual practical world, yep. and like pots and pans are falling, but like so, it's obviously just yep. The set's designed and to do Peter that. Peter Pan pulling his shadow off the wall. Yeah, it, yeah. it's a lot of playing with weird, spe- like special effects and mm. kind of fun, interesting, creative ways. And I think the film is just Spielberg playing. <laughs> yes, yeah, I think there's a lot of experimentation. I think, like I said, you, you can stuff those films up really badly. Yeah. I think only someone with that skill can actually make that okay. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, no, I think yeah, someone like Zemeckis probably could have done okay, but I don't know many other directors, so yeah. I'm not going to really start throwing other names No, out I mean, he's the perfect pull, yeah, I yeah. think, especially yeah. around this time as well. Yeah, so. exactly. So, um... Yeah, so yeah. you enjoy it. I did, I yeah. did, and I was surprised. Like I said, I, I always thought it looked dumb. <laughs> not as dumb as you expected. No, no, it's a, it's a... I think it's a very good kids' film. All right. Well, uh, as usual, I've got a little bit of uh, trivia and information and stuff yep. about uh, the film. Uh, so the film had a production budget of seventy million, uh, which actually it found interesting. This is the first and only time Spielberg has ever gone over schedule and over budget. Really? It was initially um, supposed to be forty million dollars. He went yeah. over budget by thirty million. <laughs> Building what? Uh, An egg cannon. Yeah, and what was it? Um. Oh, I've got a bit more on that later. So I'll just. I guess he had to buy that like original. That Peter Pan book. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that was weird. That, that was... Yeah, the, the version of the book Maggie Smith is actually reading to the kids is a first edition J.M. Barry. Yeah, 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 yeah. you told me during it. And I don't know, like, Phil Collins is in it. Maybe he cost a lot of money. <laughs> it was the weirdest cameo. It's not even a cameo. It's a full-blown, like, you cast Phil Collins yes. as police detective. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not it's like... It's like he's hiding in the background in a story. Yeah, it's, it's not like the George Lucas, Carrie Fisher making out cameo, which is weird. Yeah, that's also strange. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, so, so the film had a production budget of $70 million, uh, and it brought in 119 million at the US box office and 300 million worldwide. Uh, it was the fourth highest grossing film of 1991. Uh, Terminator 2 took the top spot. That's right. With yep. uh, half a billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the 16th highest grossing film of Spielberg's career. So actually not... No, he's had some biggies, though. Yeah, it, when it came out, the film was actually considered a commercial failure because they expected... It didn't do particularly well in America, did it? No. Like, relative to the budget. And they were expecting it to be huge. And, you know, Spielberg... Because mm. around this time in his career, he'd taken... He'd done... This is obviously post-Temple of Doom, but then he went on and did, like, the Colour Purple, Empire of the Sun. Yeah. He'd started doing... Shifting into more dramatic Spielberg stuff... And this was him coming back to, hey, magic and wonder. Yeah. And people didn't really respond, I think. Yeah, I don't know. And I'm wondering if that is because it's the older generation that grew up with, you know, Raiders and E.T. and Jaws. And he swung to child. Yeah, and they were going in expecting something for everyone, and it's not quite. It's written, like I said, so an adult can enjoy it, but uh, it's a kid's film. Yeah. That's how I would put it. Uh, the film was nominated for five Academy Awards, uh, Art Direction, Costume Design, Visual Effects, Makeup, and uh, Best Song. <laughs> what was... The one the little girl sings out the window. So I know I'm not alone when I'm here on my own. Isn't that all I'm Are you serious I got nominated? Yeah. All right. 
But uh, I think the makeup is deserving because uh, <laughs> Maggie yeah. Smith is yes. knight. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I, I'm like, so when I saw it, I'm like, who is that? Yeah. I'm just like, there's Maggie Smith. I'm like, what? Teleport her back in time. A makeup artist did a great job. Yeah. They actually predicted what she would look like today. And I think that's legitimately affected people of our generation, because we're like, Maggie Smith has been 90 for 30 years. She's just always that. She's, she was, I think, 56 or 57 when they shot this. Well, so. they didn't even use computers to predict her age. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well done. Yep. Um, yeah, so as I mentioned, the film, um, this is the sort of stuff of it going over, it's so, um, yeah, balo- uh, budget ballooned up from 40 million to 70 million, and it ran, um, f- wow, uh, 116 days of, uh, photography. Whoa. Yeah, Spielberg blames himself for this, saying that I began to work at a slower pace than I usually do. Yeah, is, okay. Like, all right. Yep. Um... I found this one just fun and I wanted to include it just because it's like how much of a boss Bob Hoskins is. Uh, he bought beer for 300 plus extras after a lengthy and complicated scene was cut on set during a day. Oh. They were like, had th- like, m- like the in- all the extras there <laughs> and they were like, uh, no, this is, we can't do this. Just, we're just scrapping it. And so it's like all of these people have come out and so yeah. Bob Hoskins bought beer for them all. <laughs> it's like, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, what a good bloke. Yeah, because yeah. there, there are a lot of extras who actually got utilised a lot. Mm. Like even just like when during the baseball game and they were like cheering along like, go Jack, go. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a very dense, there's a yeah. lot of people in this movie. Yeah. The word bangerang. Yeah, let's go into bangerang. It's actually a Jamaican slang word. What for? And is defined as hubbub, uproar, disorder, or disturbance. Wow, so they're just calling for like a coup, basically. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's essentially what they're yeah, calling for. That's pretty great. Let's revolution up yeah. in this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as I usually try to end this out, we've got uh, some alternate casting. Oh, I love this. Yep. Yes. Uh, so rock star David Bowie uh, turned <laughs> down the role of Captain Hook. <laughs> that would be a very different Captain Hook. I know, Hook. and the other person considered was uh, Donald Sutherland. That would yeah, be scary. He, yeah, <laughs> he, he, he'd do it well, but it would be totally different. Yeah, yeah. I think he'd be more ominous. Um, Spielberg originally slated the film to be a musical vehicle for Michael Jackson in 1983. <laughs> That early? Yep. And after Link, uh, after Jackson expressed interest uh, in starring it and contributing the soundtrack and things, Spielberg eventually got sidetracked by doing Temple of Doom and shelved the project until 1989. Uh, yeah. And in that time, they'd kind of shifted and yep. Jackson kind of decided not to do it anymore. And he just became even more massive. Yeah, I suppose. Yep. <laughs> and then he built his own Neverland ranch. Yeah, so like that. I think it, uh, I think Jackson's actual problem was the idea of playing a grown-up Peter Pan, and he just wanted to play the Peter Pan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which just brings that whole South Park stuff into yeah, a new way line. too real. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kevin Klein was originally set to play Peter Pan. Oh, really? But he had to drop out of the film because Soap Dish was having major reshoots, rewrites, and was taking much longer than expected to complete. Mm. I love Kevin Klein. Yeah, I was gonna but say, it, it what do you reckon? It would have been interesting. I think he could have pulled it off, but it wouldn't... Like, it's... Robin Williams makes... Like, he's he so good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tom Hanks was also considered for the role. Yeah. That's just, like... Just like I almost think that's just take... That's, like, token. Just, like, yeah. eh, who was a nice guy around that time? Tom <laughs> yeah. Hanks. Yep. 
Uh, Spielberg originally asked Richard Attenborough to play Toodles. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, Attenborough declined because he was in the middle of directing Chaplin at the time. Uh, Spielberg would later went on to cast him uh, two years later in Jurassic Park. Yep. Similarly, Joseph Mazzello was uh, was the other person who was that came down to two kids for the role of Jack, and uh, he got who is t- he? He is Tim in Jurassic Park. Oh, okay. Yeah, he got turned down because he was a little bit too young for the role, but Spielberg promised to give him a role in his next film. Which... All right, and he got a good one. Yeah, so he got... <laughs> like, he, yeah. Yep. I kind of... Yeah, it's, he, he got out better than being uh, in Jurassic yeah, no, Park. He did. he did, yeah. And uh, Rebecca De Mornay, Sherilyn Fenn, and Samantha Mathis were all considered for the role of Tinkerbell, as was Winona Ryder. Oh, yeah, of course, she's... Yeah. Literally just floating around everywhere then. Pretty much. Yep. Yeah. Uh, cool. So that was about all I had for uh, trivia That's and good. interesting stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So suffice to say, Eric, you, you dug it. Uh, yeah, it was really surprisingly quite decent. Mm. Yeah, no, no, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. So. Nice. Uh, so I guess it's hit that time of the night where we uh, pass over the top hat and Eric picks a... We figure out what's coming up next, so... Um, on our next episode, the film we'll be watching will be The Blues Brothers. Ooh! A film that I admittedly have tried to watch a couple of times and got bored and said I'll come back to it, and then I haven't. Okay, this is going to be interesting. This is going to be like a reverse of this episode yeah. where like, it's a film I love. Yeah, and, and I know. To... Heaps of people love it. I It's just so long. Yeah. And I get like halfway through and I'm like, I've seen some performances and, and neither of these two main blokes are catching me much. Okay. Exactly. I know people are going to hate me. Um, All right. Well, so, well, but <laughs> I, I, I enjoy the music and stuff. Like, I know I should like it. So um, it'll be good to actually finally sit down and see it through. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that'll be an interesting one. Yeah. So uh, tune in for that. Um, but as usual, if you uh, have any movie suggestions for us or comments or queries or, you know, want to share some of your thoughts on Hook... Uh, feel free to send us an email at haven'tseenpod at gmail.com. Uh, other than that, you can find me on Twitter at CriterionQuest, or you can follow uh, this... I put this show with my other podcasts. I do all of the social media stuff through that same title, so Criterion Quest, uh, also on Facebook. Uh, I post some interesting stuff about these episodes there, so check that out. But other than that, we'll be back in a fortnight's time with uh, John Landis's Blues Brothers. We will. So, um, yeah, until then, I'm Eric. I'm Chris. See you next time. Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library.